2: Ooh, baby. On Thursday, the Vikings are on the clock with a whole lot of variables going into it. But how do you decide who you want and who you take when? Joining us in the John Schuster Caldwell Banker Hotline, Jeff Robinson, who used to help in that process explicitly as a scout for the Minnesota Vikings. And he joins us now. It's it's an old Minneapolis City Conference reunion here with he and Pete. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Jeff, how are you? I'm good. How are you guys? Good. Just tell what what is what is it like if you're if you're working the draft as an employee, and 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 you're, you know, and now we're down to the last four days. I mean, what are these last four days like? When 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 uh, you've been scouting and all the meetings, and now your organization is trying to decide on a draft plan. What what are these last days like?
0: Actually, the last days are almost the most calm days because all the work is done for the most part. You're calling other teams to kind of fish around and see what. Uh, what they're looking for, if they're looking for anything, um, you're staring at the board far too many times, um, than you'd like to. But, you know, all the heavy lifting is done at this point. It's just a matter of if somebody's going to call you with an offer you can't refuse or if something happens to a kid as far as an injury or an off field incident pops up, something like that. But again, now, now you're just kind of fine tuning things because you've already lined up your board. Um, you're pretty much in unison with. You know the guys that you're looking at, the guys that that you've been studying for a couple of years now. So it's 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 go time now. It's almost like prepping for a game itself.
1: All right, Jeff. So you're you're the general manager. Well, here's a quick question for you. First of all, philosophy: Do you take for need or do you take for talent? If you're sitting there, let's say somewhere at like the Vikings are at 12, do you go for? a player that you you really do need them or do you go for the highest talent guy that's on the board
0: well basically what you do throughout the course of the year is you're evaluating all the players and you're giving them grades right so as you go through this process you're basically lining up um the talent throughout the country over the course of the year and then probably right after thanksgiving you're bringing all your scouts together to assign a number grade to to all the different players Um, so when it's time to actually, to actually make that pick, you've already lined up all these different players, um, throughout the country, you know, one through however many 700, a thousand, however many you line up. And as you go through this process, you're also identifying the needs of your own team. Um, and, and as you go through this process, you also have to include in the salary cap. You have to include, uh, veteran free agency, So as you're going through this process, you're looking at not only the players available, but also the way that your own depth chart looks and the way your own salary cap looks. So basically, as you get closer and closer to the draft now, you put all these different pieces into play, and you're identifying, okay, yes, we need this. Other teams need this. Um, But you're also looking ahead to the future, and you're going, okay, we – we have this player, this player, this player whose contracts are expiring uh, next year and in two years. So basically, as you're looking at this whole process, you almost have to whittle it down to taking the best talent. Because if you if you shortchange yourself talent-wise um, in the future for somebody that you say you need today, then your team is still going to be off balance as far as um, the things that you need, not only now, but going but going uh, into the future. And obviously things change based upon the quarterback position, but I would just just have people think about the draft from 2011. And in that draft, everybody says, you know, the Vikings need a quarterback, the Vikings need a quarterback, Tennessee needs a quarterback, and I won't say who those particular players are, but neither one of them is playing in the league anymore. And when you look Mm -hmm. at it, through that lens of, okay, well, you know, we need this position right now because, you know, there's a hole there, then you kind of shortchange yourself going forward into the future. And, you know, in those scenarios, you often have, you also have to think about, okay, if this guy isn't a great talent, but you're taking him because he plays that position, you know, there's other players that are still available in free agency that, that you can sign to help you in the, in, in the immediate future.
2: Jeff Robinson, our guest, former Viking scout. Jeff, it, it, you know, obviously Patrick Peterson they're bringing back. And, you know, the easy logic in Viking land is they're, they're going to go get a corner. Uh, Stingley, a lot of people don't think will be available there unless they trade up. It's, it, we play that game all day. Uh, but But do you – is that a position that is easier to forecast success or failure in the NFL because – corners are corners and 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 you know you know you can do the testing you can watch them enough in a college all-star games or in college competition to know whether or not they can come in and play right away because the good ones can play right away
0: the good ones can play but a lot of it too also depends upon who they have in front of them, in front of them as pass rushers number 1 and the technique that they're playing in college number 2 so a lot of guys are playing just strictly zone in college and they have good pass rushers in front of them And that doesn't always translate to the NFL. You know, people always want to look at, well, he's this size and this speed. But, you know, a lot of it comes down to the technique that they're playing as well. And, again, you know, who those pass rushers are that are helping them out. Now, you know, corner's best friend is always the pass rushers. So, you know, if you have good pass rushers, that buys you time to help train them. But, you know, it doesn't always transfer from the college game to the pro game as far as if a guy can play play the position or not.
1: So, Jeff, how about this? Let's go and keep this thing a, a hometown type of thing. So, Jermaine Johnson, who is an amazing story, and I know you know it, Eden Prairie kid for those who don't. He went to Independence Community College, last chance U, and uh, then he went to Georgia, wanted to get a little bit more of a, a, a look from the NFL. So, he moves over to Florida State and has an unbelievable uh, combine, unreal and then Boye Mafé, another guy, local guy, who's uh, not only a local guy, but stayed here at the University of Minnesota. What do you see for those kind of guys, and, and where do you see them going in the draft?
0: I see them both going very high because, as you as you know very well, the need to have pass rushers um, is only accelerating based upon the fact that this game has become a total passing game. And so you need pass rushers in multiplicity to deal with Um, the passing game itself, and number one, to get pressure on the quarterback. You know, the more money that quarterbacks are being offered, um, that also equates to more money and more need to have pass rushers. And I see both of those guys going very high because they're very talented individuals. Um, And I I think that it shows a lot of maturation on both of those guys, um, the way that they've developed over the course of their careers, because, you know, they, they came through kind of not your normal tracks as far as, on the progressions that both of them took to become elite pass rushers and elite players in the college game.
2: When you look at the Vikings specifically, Jeff, I mentioned cornerback and that's the easy one that people come up with as a, as a possibility. You could maybe talk nose tackle, Um, not so much skill positions. And yet I'm hearing out there, and, and maybe this plays uh, a little bit to what you're talking about that, that that there's some interest in wide receivers at this with the thought that first of all the new new scheme they'd love to have three writers Jefferson Thielen, and, and one more on the field, and you don't know how much longer Thielen's going to play uh, how much do those discussions get uh, wrapped into it in terms of you know not just uh, you alluded to it earlier uh, not just what we've got now but how my, how many more years what's his contract status going
0: forward? Well, those discussions come into it uh, in great detail because, again, if you look at uh, Minnesota's receiving core, obviously you have uh, Jefferson and Thielen. Um, Osborne is the third guy, and he came a long ways um, last year. Um, But then after that, it's kind of a question mark. You still have Ola B.C. Johnson coming off of a knee injury, um, and then it really drops off. So there's a lot of question marks still for them at that position. And, you know, based upon what the Rams uh, did offensively, they're going to use a lot of three-receiver sets, um, which means a lot less of two tight ends on the field. And so to have three-receiver sets, you have to have a lot of receivers that you can rotate uh, in and out of the offense. And, and, of course, they're going to run a lot of motion with that. So, number one, guys are going to have to be in shape to do what they do. And, number two, they're going to have to have a lot of guys to be able to do it effectively. And so, with that being said, yes, you, you do need more guys um, at that position, but also you have a you have a head coach who was a quarterback. And so, what's a quarterback's best friend? Obviously, uh, lots of receivers, right? Yeah. And and with that thinking, and with that thinking, you also have to think a, a new head coach wants offensive guys. I mean, yeah, obviously, he knows he needs defensive help, but. You know, the offensive guys always want offensive guys, and defensive guys <laughs> always want defensive guys. <laughs> yes, ask, they guess, do. Ask, just ask Pete. He knows all about that. I mean, oh, it's, yeah. it's just a natural. It's a natural thing. So, I mean, obviously they're they're looking at those boards, and yeah, you can say that they need corner help, and you know, obviously you're going to need more pass rushers. I mean, you have two defensive ends who are coming off of injuries, so that that position's still a question mark, but. Um, you know, that, that receiver position is kind of still a question mark as well once you get past um, those those top three guys. And, and then again, like you said, with, with Adam uh, Thielen getting older and he had some injuries last year, so now you have to throw all those different things into the equation. And you still want to add more uh, interior uh, pass blockers to protect the quarterback. So, Jeff, here's a, here's a quickie for you. Uh, I'm looking at all the quarterbacks,
1: and nobody's considered the number one guy to go at this position, number one in the draft and all the rest of it. But when you look at it, a guy like Malik Willis, now does he have enough on tape for you to be able to make the analysis that this guy should be the first quarterback to come off, or we just had Tim Salem on. should it be Kenny Pickett, or is it Matt Corral? I personally lean toward Desmond Ritter from Cincy, but you tell me, who do you think is this year's – first pick as a quarterback
0: well to me i like willis because of the upside that he has you know the overall upside that he has you know he he transferred um to liberty so he didn't necessarily play as many games as Ritter, uh as Ritter did or pickett did but um he has the arm strength that you need to play in the nfl and to make the throws you know whether it's an indoor stadium or an outdoor stadium and in increment weather, which is also a big factor. You know, everybody talks about the hand size of picket. Um, and, you know, things like that do come into play. And and we've seen that come into play a lot. Um, in Minnesota in particular, you know, when you have – when we had a guy like Dante Culpepper, you know, his hands weren't the biggest hands. He had strong hands, but they weren't the biggest hands. And you saw the ball slip out of his hands a lot. Um, and if you go back even to Rich Gannon, you saw the ball slip out of his hands a lot. So we've had – two quarterbacks in Minnesota who have had um some type of issues with the ball slipping out of their hands and so that is and then you also had Teddy wearing two gloves so which is where he got his nickname from so so we have dealt with the issue of you know hand size before and that does come into play as you get into the colder the colder games and you know obviously in college in the college game your your season ends in November so you're not playing in and in as many games where the weather is bad but that does come into play um, that's not an issue for Willis. Willis is a—he's a guy who has all the offensive package. He just needs more time and maturity to develop. Now Ritter, I like Ritter. Ritter played, you know, kind of under the radar until until the College Bowl Championship Series playing at Cincinnati. But he's very mature. Um, you know, he's got a—he's got a child, and you know, he—he's played in a lot of games, which is what a lot of head coaches like. So he has a very good understanding of. You know, life on and off the field, and you know, basically, he's a he's a football junkie. And I think, I think all the guys that we're talking about this year, they're they're more in the in the projectile range of, you know, a they need time to mature, but b they have the talent to to play and sustain um, teams' winning percentages in this league if they get a chance.
2: All right. We got to let you go, Jeff. Great stuff. We could go all day on this stuff. I, the one thing I want to end with though is, yeah, I'll tell you where fans were really denied. And that was, uh, Jeff, you're the class of 85 Pete the class. Of 81 had you two converged in just a couple years and been able to play yeah. on that same defense <laughs> at central at the same time with Pete at middle linebacker and you at corner. I don't, I don't know that anybody would have scored on you.
0: <laughs> that would well, have been fun, and, Jeff. Well, that, that, <laughs> Well, I kind of grew up hoping that that was going to be the case, Maxie, but, you know, somebody started school so early because they were so smart that I never got that chance, <laughs> even, even though I was there. Even though I was an FBA guy, Max, you know, and I tried to, you know, I know that carrot to, to tell him to hold on, but, you know, he, he was on the bigger and better things. He had no time. Yeah, but him. you
2: you would have entered the portal if you had a chance to play with Pete. Yeah, <laughs> That's totally what I'm saying. I probably would have entered
0: the portal, but yeah. I, I think we both would have had a head coach who might have had
2: something to say about that portal. Yeah, Pete. I think so, too. Yeah, your father. Hey, thank you so much, Jeff. Appreciate it. Thanks, Jeff. All right, you guys take care. All right, see you, Pete. Yeah. See ya. Yeah, Jeff Robinson, one of the all-time great guys in this uh, marketplace.
1: We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile. Get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for 25 bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch.